Father God, thank you. Uh, thank you for all your mercy to us. And thank you we can be here today and that you've uh, uh, given us another day of life. We thank you, for, thank you for sending Jesus Christ into the world. And thank you for our neighbors here. And we pray, Lord, that, uh, that you be glorified uh, this morning and that your Holy Spirit would be at work through your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, I'm going to share with you some verses today that have been a great encouragement to me um, at different times in my life as a Christian. I've uh, come back to these verses um, sometimes uh, when I've gone through uh, difficult times or sad times, and these have been a great encouragement to me, so hopefully they will be to you. So I'm going to read from uh, the book of Lamentations. Uh, verses 19 to 25, and then 31 and 32. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And for the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. So these, these verses are in, a, are in a very sad book. The, um, so even though they're encouraging verses, uh, the, the book is called Lamentations. And if you know what a lamentation is or what a lament is, it's, it's sad. It's uh, actually the, the definition of j- the word lamentation, if you just Google it, it says the passionate expression of grief or sorrow weeping. And if you read this whole book, you'll see that. You'll see a lot of sorrow, a lot of weeping. Um, it says here in verses 19 and 20, he's talking about affliction. This is written by the prophet Jeremiah. And he, and he says, Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. And if we look a little... At the beginning of this chapter, we see a picture of, of, of it. It says, I am the man who has seen affliction. Under the rod of his wrath, he has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. So that's how he feels like God is the one doing that. He feels like God is the one who's against him. Because what's going on, this is one of the, the what's going on at the time when this is written this is one, or one of the worst times in the Bible that, that, that the Bible describes to us. We have the people in Jerusalem have been conquered. They've been, many of them have already been carried into exile. They've been taken out of their country, taken to Babylon. The city's destroyed. The temple's destroyed. And, and the prophet is seeing all of this destruction around him of his city, his people. And he writes this book. Of lamentation, this book about the the sadness and the grief that he's going through. 
and he continually remembers it, like it's like I read. He continually remembers it. He can't, he can't get it off of his mind, or he can't be distracted by anything else. He continually is remembering just the great grief that he sees all around him, and the bitterness, like it talks about here. It says, the wormwood and the gall. These are both talking about bitterness. Wormwood um, means like a bitter root, and gall also means like bitterness or even poison. So that's, that's the great uh, pain that he's in. But there's hope. So it says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope in verse 21. If we trust in God, even in, even in our darkest times and our worst situations, there's always hope we can look to. Um, psalm 46 is a psalm that we read in church this last Sunday. It says, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar in foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. So it's saying even, even if the worst happens, and then verse 4 says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. So even through trials, if we have God with us, it gives us gladness. It gives us hope. Verse 22 and 23, they talk about the love of God. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So that's what he has hope in. That's what Jeremiah had hope in. That's what we have hope in. We don't have hope in looking to ourselves. or looking to the circumstances around us. But we do have hope when we think about God, when we think about the nature of God and and who he is and and what his love is like. The love God has for his people is a committed love. It's a personal love that he has for for those who know him. It's not not a love that's going to go away. God doesn't only love me on my good days or God God also loves me on my bad days. God loves me on the days that, that... that I'm struggling. And in, in, the, in the Old Testament that we're reading from, we know that the people were unfaithful to God. But even though the people were continually unfaithful to God, God was, God was faithful to them. God showed his steadfast love to them. And uh, Psalm 136 is a psalm that's very repetitive. And it keeps saying the same thing over and over. It keeps saying, For his steadfast love endures forever. That's what the people were to put their hope in. That's what we're to put our hope in. And God, the greatest way that he showed us his love, that he shows us his steadfast love, is in, is in his son. And uh, the book of Romans talks about that. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. So through everything, through all that stuff, even if we face death or when we face death, when we face the greatest trials that we ever will, none of that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Going back to uh, to Lamentations, the next, the next couple of verses, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. So that brings up the question, is, is Jesus your portion? Is the Lord your portion? Are you, are you, are you saying that, this, that Jesus is the most important thing in your life? That, this, that he's what you have. That You might have other things, you might not have other things. But you have to have Jesus. You have to have him as your portion in life. Just like Matthew 13 says about the kingdom of God. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So the metaphor there is that, that this man saw that what he found was so valuable, he went and sold everything else he had to have that. And that's how Jesus Christ should be to us, that he's our portion, you know, no matter, no matter what else is going on in our life, that we have to have him. And then also in... Uh, we also read... The soul who seeks him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And are we, are we seeking Jesus? Are we seeking the Lord? Because if we're seeking the Lord, we have this promise. This promise in this verse, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And then in, uh, in Jeremiah 29, which is also written by the same, same man, Jeremiah, as Lamentations, it says something similar. It says... You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will restore you, your fortunes. So if we, if we seek Him, we seek Him with all our heart, then we'll find the Lord. And then going down to, uh, back in Lamentations, to the last couple of verses, for the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. So God does cause grief. That's one thing interesting to notice about this passage. The Bible doesn't shy away from telling us that, that God is in control, that he's sovereign, even over the, the painful and bad things that happen in life, even over disasters that happen, that God is in control. He's the one that causes grief, and yet, but he has a purpose. He has a purpose for everything he does. He has a plan for everything he does, and his plan with, and and his plan of causing grief may be to have compassion. It says, but though he caused grief, he will have compassion. Think of uh, think of Jesus and the pain that he went through, and the grief that he went through. And we have this description of Jesus on the cross in Matthew 27. It says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani, 
That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So in those hours, in those hours it said there was darkness. He was taking the judgment of God, taking the wrath of God. In those hours, he went through more bitterness and more grief than any of us will ever experience, anyone could ever experience. He experienced being cast, being, being cast off, feeling, feeling like God was, had turned away from him. And even though he had all that grief, and yet there was still hope, there was still compassion. And we know, of course, that Jesus Christ, that he rose from the dead, as it says in Acts, that it says, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. That Jesus couldn't be held by, by death. And it's through Christ's death and resurrection, what we just talked about, it's through that, that God shows his steadfast love to us. And if you trust in the Lord, then it's a great encouragement for you to look to, to know that God is merciful and to know how God showed his mercy in Jesus Christ. And we can have this same hope. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. That's all I wanted to share today, and then I'll pray again. Father God, thank you again that we could be here. Thank you for, uh, for giving us your word. I pray, Lord, that every one of us here would have that hope that, that, we, that you would be our portion, that we would seek you, and that you would encourage us, and that you'd be with these people in their, in their lives and uh, provide for them, uh, bless their families, bless their health. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.